This recording is intended to be used as an educational resource for healthcare providers. It is in no way a substitute for the independent decision making and judgment of a qualified healthcare professional. It should not be used to make a diagnosis or to overrule the advice of a qualified healthcare provider, nor should it be used to provide advice for emergency medical treatment. Invasive Cardiovascular Monitoring by Brienne Johnson. Healthcare workers in all healthcare settings should always adhere to the latest World Health Organization guidelines on hand hygiene and barrier precautions before and after contact with a patient, bodily fluids, or patient surroundings. For more information, please watch our video entitled Hand Hygiene. Introduction Hi, my name is Bree Johnson and I'm a nurse here at the Pediatric Medical Surgical Intensive Care Unit in Boston Children's Hospital. I am here today to talk to you about invasive cardiovascular monitoring. Invasive cardiovascular monitoring includes techniques that require the insertion of a catheter or other device to assist you in monitoring the cardiovascular status of your patient. Invasive monitoring is used when your patient requires continuous vital sign assessment or to collect more sophisticated information. However, it is important to remember that no amount of invasive monitoring can replace your physical assessment. You should always evaluate the information you gather from the technologies around you in the context of your assessment findings. Monitoring arterial blood pressure. One thing we will discuss is the arterial line, which is an invasive way to continuously monitor a patient's blood pressure. There are things known as pulmonary artery catheters, which we won't discuss today, that can help measure the pressures in your heart. In this patient, you can see this, that the baby has an arterial line placed in the right radial artery. This is useful because it will provide you with a continuous blood pressure reading. In addition, can also be used for frequent lab draws and also to monitor blood gases, which may be helpful in managing your child's respiratory status. On the monitor, you'll notice that the arterial blood pressure gives you three readings, just like the cuff, a systolic, a diastolic, and a mean arterial pressure. It also gives you a waveform. That waveform should appear just like your EKG or SAT probe tracing, and we'll notice we'll have something called a diacrotic notch, or a little dip at the peak of the wave. If that is absent, you may need to troubleshoot the line with your team. Again, you want to make sure that you set your alarms appropriately you can choose to set your alarms based on the systolic, diastolic, mean arterial pressure, or any combination of those three to safely monitor your patient. Now we'll go back and take a look at how to implement the use of the arterial line. An arterial line is simply a small catheter placed in the patient's artery. The catheter is then connected via tubing to a transducer. The transducer is continuously flushed with a solution. Here, we use heparin at the concentration of one unit per ml running at a slow infusion. The transducer is able to then give us a blood pressure which is continuously recording on the cardiac monitor. We tend to encourage the use of peripherally inserted arterial lines. That would mean it can be either in the radial artery, such as this one, or down in one of the feet in the dorsalis pedis or the posterior tibial arteries. 
In order to utilize the transducer and the arterial line appropriately, you will need to be sure you have the appropriate equipment. As mentioned, this means an IV catheter placed in the artery, the transducer, the cable, which will connect the transducer to the monitor, and the flush solution. Before you can accurately gain a reading, you must zero the transducer to the monitor. This can be done by turning the stopcock on the transducer off to the patient. You then want to remove the cap on the transducer to expose it to the atmospheric pressure. Depending on your monitor, you'll use the zero arterial blood pressure function on the monitor. Once it has completed the zero process, you replace the cap and open the stopcock back up. It is a critical note to mention that the transducer must be at the level of the heart when you zero and when you're obtaining a reading. A mispositioned or misaligned transducer will give you an inaccurate blood pressure reading and you can actually watch your blood pressure reading change as you move the transducer around. So again, remember, maintain the transducer at level with the patient's heart to give you the most accurate blood pressure reading available. It is also important to intermittently spot check a blood pressure using a cuff technique in order to ensure that the two values are correlating. If you see a large discrepancy between the two, you will need to troubleshoot both of those. Mean arterial pressure. Now let's talk a little bit about the mean arterial pressure. This is sort of generally known as the average pressure generated throughout the cycle of the heart's pumping. It's a complicated calculation that typically you won't need and the monitor should perform for you. However, it will depend on the blood volume, the elasticity of the walls, and the cardiac output. It's a good representation of generalized perfusion in the patient and is often used in the critical care setting as the number that we want to maintain to keep a minimal blood pressure. Troubleshooting the arterial line. Some techniques to help troubleshoot your arterial line are, you want to evaluate the wave. If the wave becomes flatter, we refer to that as dampening. It could mean that there's some sort of a kink in the catheter at the patient, or it may mean that something has clamped off or started to clog your catheter. It can also mean that the artery is in spasm. You can also see an extremely peaked wave on the monitor. You can also see alterations in the wave form on the monitor if your patient is experiencing arrhythmias. If you think about it, an arrhythmia is a disruption in the way that the heart is pumping, which should reflect in the way that your waveform is presenting on the screen. Arterial line safety. Safety of the arterial line is key. Remember that this is an artery and it has a catheter in it. If the catheter becomes dislodged, your patient is very high risk to hemorrhage or bleed quickly. When you are removing an arterial line, which in many places falls to the nurse to do, you must keep in mind that it will be important to hold pressure on the site for at least five minutes. Each patient's going to be different, and if your patient has any different with blood clotting or any coagulopathies, you may need to hold pressure upwards of 15 to 20 minutes. As you're removing this, you should be wearing gloves and make sure you have an adequate supply of gauze to handle any bleeding you may experience. Once the arterial catheter is removed, you'll hold the pressure 
directly on the site of insertion, and then for four hours after, we'll want a pressure dressing over the site. You can use stretch tape or any device that your hospital may provide you with. You'll also want to keep in mind that while the arterial line is both in place and after its removal, you'll want to monitor the perfusion to the extremity that is below the catheter. This is because you have somewhat occluded the arterial flow to the rest of that extremity. That means you should still remain with normal capillary refill or at least the patient's baseline and the other pulses should be, should be present. The absence or change in perfusion to that extremity is an emergency and should again be brought immediately to the team's attention. Point of clarification. In order to prevent the backup of blood in the tubing, ensure that the tubing is securely attached at each connection. Non-invasive alternatives. If your patient does not have an arterial line, we would like to reinforce it is acceptable to use the non-invasive blood pressure technique such as the cuff. Just remember that you will need to either cycle the cuff at an appropriate interval or manually take the blood pressure in an efficient and effective amount of times and frequency. Most monitors have a function where you're able to set them to repeat and cycle the blood pressure automatically. You can set the frequency as often as every one minute or as infrequently as every two to four hours. Again, every patient will be different, but a minimum of every four hours should be instituted for any patient in the ICU, and you may take the liberty to perform as many blood pressures as you deem the patient needs. This recording is a production of Open Pediatrics, a free and open access resource for pediatric clinicians worldwide. For more pediatric care materials or to join our global community, please visit our website at openpediatrics.org.